Is Bill Guerin on the hot seats? What should the Wild do with Marco Rossi? Plus, Tyson Jost has been claimed off waivers. We tackle some of the Wild's hottest topics today on Locked on Wild. You're locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. Part of the Locked On Sports Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. Just a reminder, Locked on Wild is available on your favorite podcast platforms for absolutely no charge. On today's episode of Locked on Wild, we discuss some of the hottest topics surrounding the Minnesota Wild right now, such as, is Dean Evison on the hot seat? Also, what to do with Marco Rossi? And we'll react to the Tyson Jost situation as well. My name is Seth Topal, your daily Minnesota Wild insider, and we're joined by Lockdown Wild's voice of the fans, Mr. Charles Stewart. Charles, welcome back to the show. Glad to have you back on, although team's in a bit of a skid right now, to say the least. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I'm back in Minnesota, back in the great state, so hopefully that brings some luck our way, and uh, like I said earlier, going to the game tonight, so... uh, Hopefully we can start it there. Yeah, we uh, the Wild have the Carolina Hurricanes, so a, a a tough opponent to say the least. But um, it, it's just a matter of the Wilds kind of getting back to playing their style to uh, to get back into the win column. Now the big move here over the weekend so far, Tyson Jost put on waivers and he was subsequently claimed. By the Buffalo Sabres. So Jost now jets off to Buffalo. The Wilds are off the hook for his, the entirety of his salary for this season, which is $2 million that is is no longer spoken for. And so um, that is certainly a plus from that situation. There are a lot of different ways that, uh, that we can go talking about Tyson Jost. But ultimately, Charles... What do you think of the decision by Bill Guerin to acquire Jost for Nico Sturm uh, back at before the trade deadline last year? Do you still think it was the right call, or where are you at with the trade now that uh, we've seen Jost headed elsewhere? Yeah, so ultimately I think uh, Billy G's hands were tied. Um, I believe Sturm was on and expiring, and I don't think we would have been able to sign him back. So I've been seeing a lot of people saying we should have just kept Sturm, but I just don't think we would have been able to uh, purely based on like our money's or our money being handcuffed. But I really, I really like Tyson Joseph as a player. Uh, I think he had a great preseason, but overall he just wasn't getting great opportunities. And when he was out there, he just wasn't producing. So. I get the move by Billy G. I mean, you you free up two million, which is big, but uh, it'll be sad to see him go for sure. And I think ultimately the big thing with this move was the fact that Mason Shaw has played so well that he kind of played himself into the spot that Jost would have um, 
would have been able to get some more minutes. And, you know, with Nico Sturm, it was an opportunity where the Wild offered him a long-term deal. He wanted to try to get an opportunity elsewhere uh, to get some more minutes, try to be more than a fourth-line guy. And at that point, you just try to get something for him in return. And the Avalanche needed a guy who fit the fourth-line role at that point. And obviously, it worked out well for Sturm, winning the uh, the Stanley Cup with the Avalanche. But, you know, Joe's a former first-round pick, and so I think it was worth taking a flyer on to see if you could get anything from him. But he just, you know, I think the entire Tyson Jost experience was summed up in how he played against Pittsburgh, played eight minutes, did not record a single stat, nothing. Just skating around out there, yeah. Just was having a good time out there on the ice and not uh, not doing anything. And for a team that's struggling offensively, you can't really afford to have guys that are in that situation. Oh, for sure. I mean, uh, there's always that meme of Tony Snell who played like 28 minutes in the NBA, zero stats running around. That's kind of what I thought of when you brought that up because, I mean, he's, he's just enjoying himself. Uh, I had the same amount of goals and assists he did, and I was sitting at home. So, uh, like I said, though, I love the guy. Um, I loved him coming down. Um, he's just a great guy off the, off the ice too. But uh, I, I think Buffalo like him. I mean – like I said, I had no qualms with them for sure. Well, and it's it's a situation to you're going into an environment in Buffalo in which there is way less pressure. So he's going to be able to just get on the ice, do his thing, and not have to worry about a team not producing because Buffalo has started the season off well, but it's not like they had huge expectations coming into the season. So he can just kind of fly under the radar and, and try to help out a young team and at this point, the biggest thing for him is just trying to show he's got a little left in the tank for the next opportunity for him, whether that be an extension in Buffalo or maybe playing it into a trade in the offseason to uh, to go to somebody else. It's all about that next opportunity for him and showing a little something to uh, to get him back on NHL team's radar. No, yeah, Um I, I honestly hope he does well in Buffalo. I mean, we saw Alex Tuck go there. Uh, some Minnesota Wild fans are a little salty about him with the expansion draft in Vegas and all that. But he's having a season, which uh, at least uh, last time I checked, he was. And, uh, you know, maybe a change of scenery. I know we said that when he came to Minnesota, but maybe another change of scenery can really help Josie out and uh, boost his career or something. Because, like I said, he's a great guy. I'd love to see him get on track. Absolutely. Uh, so we, we wish him well. Ultimately, just didn't work out here in Minnesota. And so uh, we close the book on the Tyson Jost chapter here as a member of the Minnesota Wild. We've got plenty more to discuss because uh, there are a couple of other players not really doing a whole lot. And so we will uh, discuss, we'll talk Marco Rossi. We're also going to talk a little Dean Evason in today's episode of Lockdown Wild. We'll do all of that after this today's episode of lockdown wild is brought to you by betonline.net they're your number one source for betting info stats news and analysis you can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there 
From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They are always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. So head over to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action at BetOnline, where the game starts. Continuing today's episode of Lockdown Wilds, once again, thanks for making Lockdown Wilds your first listen each and every day. Continuing to rifle through some hot topics, the heat check here on today's episode of Locked on Wilds. Let's move on to Marco Rossi. It's been an uneven start to Rossi's NHL career, to say the least. And it's leading to an interesting situation with whether or not his best way to develop is to stay at the NHL and continue to do what he's doing or to get sent down to Iowa for a little bit to kind of build back his confidence. Charles, do you think which do you think is the better way for him to go as of right now? Is it to head back down to Iowa for a bit and just get some minutes and try to kind of get some some things going or to just kind of fight through it up here at the NHL level? Yeah, personally, um Last year, Rossi had a big stretch in Iowa towards the end of the year where he wasn't producing much. I mean, he was still Iowa's, I think, record-setting for for points in, in a season. He had a stretch where, I mean, he was just – like right now on the wild where he just wasn't putting up numbers. But uh, I've been watching him since the 67s. I watched a video on him. Uh, I really enjoyed him, so I was following him since then. And since uh, I was really, really happy when he fell to us in the draft. But I think his he should stay up in the NHL – because as we saw last year, I mean, he had his time to get his confidence up, which was which was all of last year is what Billy Guerin said. He wanted to get his confidence up after um, not playing hockey for a full year, just to have that season under his belt. I think it, now it's time for him to, I mean, he had a great camp, a great preseason. Um, I think he should stay up here. And I think, uh, I don't know why, I, this might be a hot take, but that's what our segment is. I don't know why Sam Steele is going to be centering Kirill and Zuki when I think, you know, a lot of fans want to see Marco Rossi up in that spot. And I think that's where eventually Rossi should be and will be when he starts performing. But when we don't give him much help, uh, I mean, I th- Boldy's a wonderful player, but throwing Felino on that line, I mean, Felino is very, uh, he's kind of an opposite of Rossi. Rossi's a finesse and Felino's a bruiser. I mean, throw Felino on the grief line. And there you got a perfect combination, but Rossi and Felino doesn't really seem very, uh, very fitting. So I was concerned with that. Yeah, it's just it seems like it's more. There are two things that are at play here, and I think one of them is the fact that we just really haven't seen a, a line combo that clicks with those guys. And you you saw Rossi with Boldy. You know, the line combo that worked with Rossi the best was when he was on line with Mason Shaw and Connor Dewar. That trio really did some good things. They were battling for the puck, and I think Rossi was starting to get comfortable with those guys on his line. But then you get a couple of players back into the mix. You get Brandon Duhame back. So where do you put him? And so it's it's still a feeling out process for this team, which we're getting to the point where we're like 16, 17 games into the season. It's like, you got to figure it out at some point. But ultimately, if he is only going to suit this team in a fourth line role right now, then 
you got to send him down. It's not doing, it's not serving him anything whatsoever to just play seven minutes a night and not get opportunities. Granted, he hasn't, he hasn't necessarily all the time done things to warrant getting more playing time, but I thought with Shaw and Dewar, some of the best hockey he's played all season. So it's, I don't know. It's it's tricky. It's frustrating because why do you break that line up? But I don't know. It's at this point if he's if he's not going to serve you better than just being a fourth line guy, send him back to Iowa. Give him an opportunity to just try to kind of get some confidence back, get some minutes up, and call somebody else up to play on that fourth line. If Sam Steele doesn't work on that top line, then that's really the only thing you have left to try is Rossi up there. That's the only center that you really haven't tried yet with those two. And I, it hopefully it's going to be sooner than later that we see that. Yeah. I mean, like you said, I mean, if steel doesn't work out, then you have maybe Rossi. And if, I mean, Hartman's still out. I mean, I guess maybe you, you pull up uh Wallstead and he's got more goals than Rossi this year and <laughs> throw him in between Kirill and Zuki now, but <laughs> in all honesty, yeah. I mean, if he's going to get the Joe's treatment, um, and just have him have him skate around out there. If he's really going to be a fourth line guy, and we don't see him doing anything, uh, we being the organization uh, for now, anything that's above a fourth line. Yeah, I totally agree. You can send him down, and get his confidence up. Maybe have him get him a goal or two or three. Maybe he goes on a heater and we bring him up and he really excels. But uh, I just think uh, you might want to try him in a, in a little bit bigger role now while you have him up here. Yeah, it, the worst that can happen is that you've got two options. Worst that can happen is you see some things to where you're like, okay, maybe this works. Uh, Otherwise, it doesn't work, and you are in a situation we've seen way too many times this year to where it just doesn't generate any line chemistry. Wouldn't be the first time we've seen that happen this season. Yeah, I mean, lines, uh, when you juggle them, sometimes you just get met with uh, a line that has instant chemistry. I mean, we saw Boldy come up with Fiala last year. And game one, Boldy gets a goal, and there's an instant click. Uh, and then they play together, and Fiala starts going off, and it's just nuts. So uh, with some juggling, it's like puzzle pieces. You really never know um, on paper until you really see it on the eyes. Yeah, it's 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 a work in progress is, I think, the best way to put it. So we'll see what happens. Um, we'll see what happens with this game against the uh, the Hurricanes and you know, there are a few games next week against some very tough opponents, the Jets, the Maple Leafs. You've got um, a couple of other games mixed in there as well. So it's it's getting time to try to figure it out because uh, the season just continues to plug along. Uh, we'll finish with, I think, one of the hotter takes that is, uh, is making the rounds here, and that is uh, head coach Dean Evison. So we'll talk a little bit about where Dean is at, if he needs to be worried about his seat as head coach of the Minnesota Wild. We'll discuss as we finish today's episode of Locked on Wild after this. Final segment of today's episode of Locked on Wild. Thanks for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. For your second listen, make sure you check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories, the biggest games, all in one place. Locked on Sports Today is available on your favorite podcast platforms for absolutely no charge. 
Seth Topol joined by Charles Stewart, and we'll talk about Dean Evason to finish off today's episode. Obviously, the team not off to the start that any of us had hoped they would be at this point in the season. Is there any sort of heat on Dean Evason at this point in the year, or is his seat normal temperature? Mild? Is that a mild, medium, or absolutely spicy take? Yeah, so with the Buffalo Wild Wings ratings here, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying it's just regular for, for Dino. Um, since he came to the Wild, I believe he's still over 500 as a coach. Um, I personally really like him. I think he challenges players to be better. I don't see anything that makes me uh, really, uh, really upset with his coaching, but I mean, maybe at the end of the year, if we miss the playoffs badly, you're going like a 25-game lose streak or something just terrible happens. I don't see him being moved for for a good long, good long bit. Yeah, I I'm I'm at this point with Dean. I don't think there's anything that he can really do this season to warrant being removed. Now, if this team say next year, if they have a similar season. Maybe you take a look at that, but at the end of the day, you know where this team is at right now. The uh, the buyouts for Parisian Suter continuing to put kind of a chokehold on what this team can do with their salary cap. So, is that any of is that any of Dean's faults? No, that there's nothing that he could have done about that situation. And you've got players that are injured and out of the lineup. You've got other players that haven't been producing. So you just have to, as a coach, continue to try to find different things, to find something that works, and you just have to keep plugging and playing until you find those combos that do. We saw this last year in success, that the Wilds leaned on those line combinations very heavily because they worked for pretty much the entire season and didn't have really a backup plan uh, to go to in the series against St. Louis. Now this year, we've seen a bunch of different things even during games. Matt Boldy, Matt Zuccarello, and Kirill Kaprizov being used as a line after a penalty kill. That's a nice little bit of strategy that's being thrown into the game. And so I think we're seeing Dean try different things, not only with line combos, but also with strategy during the game to uh, kind of try to adapt as well. Yeah, um, I think you hit the, hit the uh, nail on the head there. Um, I just uh, – he Dean can't go out there and score goals for us. He can't make that pass. Um, all he can do is, you know, set up some lines, do uh, – create, you know, power play units, P, uh, PK units, and send them on the ice for X amount of time. He can't do that for him, so – his hands are cuffed when we're not getting that sort of production. Um, but yeah, just to put the bow on it, I, I just don't, I don't see Dean being moved or in any sort of trouble as of right now, like you said. No, I, I don't think, I don't think there's a temperature on his seat right now. And you know, it's, it's one of those things too, where the team is, is not, the team is up and down at this point in the season. And what is the easiest thing to replace to try to get a team going it's the head coach but I think we're we're seeing 
a lot of different factors coming together to cause this team to be where they're at right now. And I think head coaching-wise, he's doing as much as he can with what he has. And so I, I think he gets plenty of leeway through these lean years, these buyout years. Now, if the team comes out of it on the other end and puts some money into significant assets, significant resources to try to make a playoff run and you don't succeed at that point, then yes, absolutely can uh, that spotlight can be opened up. But I think at this point, I, I, don't think, I don't think Dean is really up the list in terms of the things that are causing issues for this team right now. Yeah, I mean, just, just being wild fans, when we heard the buyouts happened, I mean, we knew what kind of cap crunch we were going to be in. We knew we weren't going to be able to really make a massive move to push for the Stanley Cup. So, I mean, we, we as fans shouldn't be shocked. I know as Minnesota fans we need something good to happen. But we really shouldn't be shocked that this team is somewhat in a, in a rut right now. doesn't mean they can't turn around. doesn't mean they're not a playoff team. Um, last year we were a great team when we were in the crunch, but we shouldn't be shocked right now uh, with this this lack of li- uh, wiggle room that we have. That you know times are a little bit tougher right now. There's still plenty of time to uh, to pull out of it. Uh, it's going to take a lot of different things being tuned up, and uh, especially the scoring. But there's still plenty of time to uh, get things righted, and the team is still within striking distance in the Central Division, which is all you can really ask for because. Turns out uh, the Central is a bit of a mess as well. So early portion of the season, we're getting to about quarter of the way through it, and uh, there's still three quarters to play with. So just get some stuff righted, get some players back, get some players up, and uh, see what happens from there. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, let's do it. Let's let's rally. Once we get the boys back, grief line, buzzing, Hartman on top line, uh, assuming, you know, Steele doesn't turn into McDavid on that line, but um, I mean, who knows? But uh, yeah, if we get the boys buzzing again, I mean, it'll be a great year. I'll see us in the playoffs. Yeah, I I agree. And I think that's where, I think that's where we'll put the exclamation points on today's episode. So uh, thank you as always to everybody for tuning in. Charles, thank you for the time as always um, as part of one of the core members of the, uh, the team here. And we'll continue to check in on takes surrounding the Minnesota Wild throughout the course of the season. Listeners, if you want to stay up to date on all things Minnesota Wild, make sure you're following Lockdown Wild. Subscribe on YouTube. Turn those notifications on. Follow on your favorite podcast platforms so you don't miss out on any new episodes all throughout the week. We're keeping you up to date with new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Lockdown Sports Podcast Network Network.